The Capitals get blinked by the Islanders. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms, including the SiriusXM app and on YouTube. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen each and every day. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. And the best way that you can help grow the show is to subscribe to Locked On Capitals on YouTube and comment anything down below. The Capitals season has started, and I would love to talk Capitals hockey with you one-on-one, and we can do that on subtext. Just check the show description for more details. So in today's episode of Locked On Capitals, we talk about how TJ Oshie was wearing some of that neck protection equipment from his own company, Warroad. We'll talk about that in the show. A little bit later, we will talk about the Backstrom effect. This is the first game the Caps have played where after Nicholas Backstrom had said that he is going to step away from hockey indefinitely, was that lingering in the back of the Capitals' mind? We'll talk about that, but just to get it going here, we'll talk about how the Capitals fall to the Islanders by a score of three to nothing. And uh, I don't know if it has something to do with how much time they had off, being that there's been a substantial amount of time between their last game and this game. Uh, You see that happen quite often in different sports where you think to yourself, well, this is going to be exactly what the doctor ordered. They're going to rest up and be ready to just really hit it in the next game. Generally not the case. And there's sometimes, you know, a lot of rust that needs to get knocked off. And I think that was the case. And just really, you know, I'm not going to try to cut a lot of excuses. This team was just disjointed and it was a poor loss. And uh, for me, certain things are screamingly apparent right now that the Capitals, you know, they they went on a streak there and won a few games in a row, but they're still a ways away from being a competitive team in the Metro Division or on the larger scale, the NHL. I think if you see some of the best of the best uh, in the NHL and how well they're playing, they're, the Capitals are quite a, a long ways off, and there's many different people that are talking about you know, potential trades that might need to be made. And I've spoke about it as much on this show as well, that something needs to get done to bolster this team, that whatever's going on out on the ice is at times good, but it's not great. Uh, If you take a look at the best teams out there, take a look at Boston, for example, killing it. Look at the Rangers. Uh, Those teams are playing very well, and that's that's who you're going to have to beat uh, in order to be a competitive team. And I think at the end of the day, the Caps still want to be a competitive team, right? But it was a tough game just right out of the gate um, as uh, Ryan Pollock scored just 22 seconds into into regulation. Um, So right off the bat, under duress, uh, Darcy Kemper shot went right in. And usually I, I sing the praises of Darcy Kemper. Uh, he did end up saving 13 to 16, but he didn't seem too dialed in. And I know that that doesn't you know rest squarely on his shoulder, that the defense wasn't ultimately what it needed to be. But I'm going to say that Darcy wasn't dialed in that well either. The Caps fall three to nothing, even though they outshot the Isles 32 to 21, but ultimately missed 24 shots and also had 24 attempts blocked Several chances also came from close in front. 
Um, they got to find a way to, to win these games. And I know that the Islanders are a pretty good team, but they're not even one of the teams that's in the top of the Metro. I know that they're higher than the Capitals are, but they got to find a way to win these games. Um, and, you know, all the positivity can get vacuumed out of the room in a hurry if you start, you know, putting together losses here. And I don't want to get ahead of myself and say they're going to go on a losing streak. What I am going to say, however, that uh, that was a rough display of hockey out on the ice tonight. And the Capitals have got to find a way to clean it up because that, that was a rough game to watch. Um, to, to not be able to find the back of the net one time. And uh, I know that Oshie had that one uh, that was disallowed or Tom and Octel kind of bounced off. Oshie and went in, but then it was like goalie interference. In any event, they need more than that to win a hockey game. They need more than a lucky bounce uh, to win a hockey game. And that was, I'm going to just go ahead and say a pretty uh, despicable game, despite the fact that they got a lot of shots on goal. Obviously three to nothing, You know, it's funny, oftentimes people want to argue with me after this and go, they got all these shots. It wasn't that bad of a game. It was three to nothing. So take whatever shots on goal you want and throw that in the garbage. They lost three to nothing. So uh, obviously certain things need to change. And um, again, it's building. You know, you can't, you know, hang your head for too long because they take the blue on the blue jackets this weekend. Um, again, they're one of the worst in the NHL again, but you don't want to fall into a trap game, right? So they really have to be engaged, uh, to keep in the winning ways here. The caps were applying heavy pressure in the third and then an Oshi, like I said, to Octel shot that bounced off Oshi, but a no goal because of goalie interference. Again, you got to let that br- brush that off you. Uh, Carberry sounded frustrated about the caps lack of five on five offense, it just hasn't clicked for us yet this year, but you just can't keep chalking it up to, oh, at some point, we're at game nine, and we're not scoring five on five, so why? That's not a small sample size. Here, here, Spencer Carberry. You just, you totally resound what I'm saying there. More Carberry on the lack of five on five. Screens and tips, ugly goals, rebounds off a guy's shin pads. The first goal that New York scores, I don't know. I'm trying to recall if we have one of those goals this year. It was just, bam, right away. And it's been quite some time uh, that that has happened to the Capitals. It's been a few years, actually. Um, but I think they said it was Claude Giroux, if I remember right. But uh, it was a tough a tough display to watch out there. And I was hopeful that they were going to be able to find a way to pick up a big win. You know, keep that positivity going like I always talk about on the show. But it was a rough game. So let's take a look at who got contributions. Again, they got plenty of shots on goal. Uh, Standouts um, for the Capitals out there. Uh, Connor McMichael, four shots on goal. Evgeny Kuznetsov, four. Uh, Alex Ovechkin, three. Tom Wilson, three. So they were getting the the proper shots on net. It's just getting high-quality chances. And, you know, I guess, you know, it's looking at the game film after the fact and seeing what didn't work. Um, but you know, if, if you can even just take a look at the Islanders and say, well, that worked for them, uh, what maybe we should try to implement some of that. And I know it's not as easy to do that because there's different systems and ways of doing things, but it was, it was a tough display out there. And the one thing that's coming into focus here real soon is what is one of the things that we've heard about for the longest time from Caps fans, myself to a certain extent have talked about this team needs to get younger and it needs to get faster and it needs to be Connor McMichael and Hendrick Slop And I understand that this is the first game that Connor McMichael is at center. And I understand that Hendrick Slob here, at least for now until Nick Dowd comes back, is going to be taking on a bigger role. But all the people that have really pushed for that, 
you know, this has better pay dividends. You know, uh, I, I don't want to say that Connor McMichael made any mistakes. He actually got a lot of shots on goal and Hendricks Lop here, uh, you know, could, wasn't awful out there, but what I'm saying is that these younger guys are going to have to pull the weight uh, than a Nick Backstrom did in his heyday. And we'll talk about Nick Backstrom in the next segment there. Um, but that's what, it, what we're talking about here. It's good to have a motto, to have a t-shirt that says younger and faster, but if it doesn't mean anything, you know, uh, if, if you're Jack Hughes uh, playing for uh, the devils, then that's a good younger and faster, right? That's really good. But if you have uh, a meh, younger guy, then that really doesn't mean anything. And again, I'm not trying to get into the thing that I think oftentimes the Capitals get into is, you know, these young guys better prove themselves in a hurry or it's curtains for them. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is the grand scheme, the totality of the entire team has got to fire on all cylinders or the car's just not going to go down the the road. It's going to sputter and it's going to burn a lot of gas. Um, and I think that the Capitals burnt a lot of gas in this game tonight um, and ultimately just didn't get the production that they need. There's not a lot else to say. There's not a lot of ways to polish this, you know what, to make it sound like it's something that's good. It wasn't a good game. Um, if there's any positivity to take away from it, it was the shots on goal. It was, you know, finally getting that opportunity to see Connor McMichael at the center position um, and to kind of get a glimpse of the future Capitals. and. Um, Again, there's room that needs to get the uh, things that need to get worked on. Uh, Spencer Carberry, the head coach, said as much kind of actually he said note for note what I just said there. And it's interesting. I just read that uh, for the first time there. It was on the Capitals uh, website there. So it is an interesting thing to look at what they need to work on. Again, they don't have a lot of time to clean it up. It's looking at film, working on systems. But, you know, to a certain point, we're getting to the point now where these systems should be already ruled, uh, you know, out and they should be fresh in the person's brain. I know that to a certain extent for a while there, we were saying, well, you know, it's still Peter Laviolette's system stuck in their brain. Uh, Peter Laviolette's been go gone for quite some time. And, you know, just for... Uh, just to say it here, his team is in first place or that they were the last time I checked. So um, there are things that need to get worked on. I don't want to make this a, a, an over-the-top negative show, but I don't want to candy coat it for you either. There's a lot of work that needs to get done, and uh, they have until this weekend to figure out exactly what that is. All right, so coming up here after the break, we will talk about the Backstrom effect. And I know that I heard quite a bit of people talking about that on Twitter already. I don't want to read into that too much, but I will dive into that a little bit more coming up. As a business owner, you realize there are times when receivables might fall behind, but that doesn't mean you need all to fall behind on vendor payments, payroll, or rent. For more than 25 years, Parkview Advance has helped businesses secure working capital from 5000 to $1.5 million. Parkview Advance can help your working capital in as little as 24 hours. So if you're a startup business and you need some extra money, then Parkview Advance might be just what the doctor ordered. It's a much easier process than you might imagine. We invite the many entrepreneurs that are on the Locked On NHL fans to learn more by calling us at 203 675-0071 or go to parkviewadvance.com. If your business needs working capital, call Parkview Advance today. Parkview Advance, helping businesses with their working capital. Go to parkviewadvance.com.
drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills. When you can do it all with Indeed, find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. So if you're uh, an employer out there and you're looking to hire a, new, a candidate, you don't need to go through a bunch of paper applications. That is why you need Indeed. Visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application. Pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure and subscribe or follow Locked On Capitals wherever you find your podcasts and on YouTube. I have a lot of great guests lined up, not to mention game breakdowns after every game. So make sure and subscribe or follow Locked On Capitals today. So in this next segment here, we are going to talk about the Nick Backstrom effect. Already quite a few people on Twitter and beat writers are talking about, well, the Capitals would have done better, but they were caught up in their head and they couldn't win the game. And that might be true to an extent, and that might hold water for me a little bit. But what about when the Capitals had Nick Backstrom to start the season and they were quite deplorable then? I mean, to a certain extent, okay, you're going to get a pass for this one game. I'm going to give you this pass. But if we lose the next game, and you try to use as as, as an excuse, that is not going to hold a whole lot of water with me. Again, to get to circle back to what I was originally talking about, if you want to make this about that the Capitals were ho-hum, and they might be, I understand that they are humans, they were friends, they're not machines, I get all of that, but how do you explain their poor play to start the season when they had Nick Backstrom? So again, I'm going to, to you know give a bit of a pass for people saying that, uh, to start off here. But if I hear that after, uh, like, say, a second loss in a row, uh, I, I'm just not going to say that's the case. I'm sure Backy being done was in the back of a lot of their minds, but that wouldn't explain their slow start. Oshi says, we're close, and I think that's positive moving forward. We have some young guys in the lineup, and they're improving. The details in their game is getting better. Us older guys have to step up a little bit and get some of the goals. They're not coming And uh, he goes on to talk about how it was difficult. And some of the Capitals players themselves talked about how it was difficult not having Nick Backstrom. Again, I understand his legacy and who he is as a player. And I'm not trying to, you know, uh, diminish what he did for this team. But if you're going to pin a three to nothing loss on a guy not being on the roster anymore, the active roster, then, okay, I'm going to give you a short break on it. But ultimately, the Capitals have got to move on. There was a Caps before Backstrom. There's going to be a Caps after Backstrom. Um, and they're going to have to find a way to win games. And it's going to be about integration for the first time in quite some time. And what do I mean when I say integration? Young players, old players working well together. I think that for a long time, it was the old band playing together for a long time. 
and they were pretty comfortable with each other. And there's nothing wrong with that. And when you're in your, you know, in your 20s and early 30s, that works well. But, you know, they're getting long in the tooth, some of them, on the wrong side of 30 or the wrong side of 35, depending on what player we're talking about here. Um, so it's, uh, it's a challenging thing. And, you know, a lot of teams around all major sports go through this is that, uh, you know, you waited too long, you know, you waited to, you waited till the end to find a dance partner and there wasn't one left. That's kind of what's going on at the Capitals here. They wanted desperately to try to get another Stanley cup out of that era, out of the Ovechkin, uh, Backstrom, Oshie, Carlson era. They thought they could get one more banger out of that band as it turns out, uh, it was it was not the case, and uh, we're already seeing the first player to peel off from that. And I know that people have said that you know there's a possibility that Baxter might come back. Highly unlikely. I'm going to go ahead and say I think that I would be most surprised uh, if he came back. If you want my prediction on what's going to happen, is he will try to skate around a little bit with the team at some point. I just, I don't really see him playing another game for the Caps ever again. I really don't. And um, I, I don't know why they don't just come out and say it or why he didn't come out and say it. I guess, you know, maybe he's giving himself the benefit of the doubt to say maybe he's going to be able to do this or that. But he had a whole summer to make it right. And how was he able to, you know, for me, and I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just, I'm thinking about this. That's all. Don't, don't take it the wrong way. Like I'm questioning what he's saying. I'm just saying that he had the whole summer to get healthy. He was able to play hockey last summer at a high level in Sweden. And it's from everything that I've heard, it went flawlessly. He went into training camp in the fall here and played very well. Um, but then what, what was he not telling the truth or was there something wrong with his hip that happened after the fact? Um, I guess uh, I don't know a hundred percent. I don't know if anyone knows other than Nick Baxter or maybe the guys in the locker room, but it is interesting that he had a long summer to get better and uh, he was able to play over in Sweden. Um, so what, what went wrong uh, towards the start of the season? Did something exacerbate that injury? That is what I'm not entirely sure. Uh, maybe we will never know, but the Capitals is the one thing I know for sure, for sure, are going to have to find a way to win games with Backstrom out of the lineup and, uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, breaking up with a girlfriend or, you know, a boyfriend or whatever the case may be on whoever's listening to the show. But, you know, it's tough at first, but you got to find a way to move on. And um, that's what the Capitals are going to have to do. And this is going to be an excellent opportunity for someone like Connor McMichael. The thing I'm going to tell Connor, if, you know, if I could talk to him is don't squander this opportunity. And sometimes that's easier said than done, right? Um, I think that, when people don't necessarily have success right away, it's not that they're not trying. It's just that, you know, part of it's luck, part of it's skill. It's just it, unlucky bounces of the puck, if you will. I mean, if you want to take a look at that on a larger scale, took, take a look at Alex Ovechkin. He's struggling to start this season. And, you know, there's already people talking about, well, where's this going? I mean, we're kind of getting into the season here a little bit. And Alex Ovechkin has still really yet to catch fire. Getting shots on goal, I get that. But, you know, scoring goals... That's what he does, and he's not doing it. So there are a lot of question marks on this team. You know, Dylan Strom, you know, getting all those kind of goals to start the season. Great. How many goals did he have tonight? Zero. So those are the kind of things that are causes of concern for me, and you're going to have to build um, a team that can score, you know, and it's not just one guy scoring or two guys scoring. Ideally, if you take a look at the best of the best in the NHL, you're getting scoring up and down. 
Um, and I understand that when Nick Backstrom was in the lineup, he was an assist machine. He was one of the best to ever do it. And a tip of the hat to him. I think that he is great. And I'm uh, never take it that I don't like, you know, his style of play. It's just like everyone else that gets older, I guess, except if you're Yamir Yager, there is a certain deterioration. But uh, in any event, the Capitals are going to have to find a way to be more of a multidimensional team if they have any hopes of doing anything this year. We're just at the start of the season and I do not want to count the Capitals out. I'm not counting them out. Don't take this the wrong way. I still think there is a major trade coming at some point this season. And I guess everyone's uh, definition of what major is kind of open to interpretation, but I do see something bigger happening this year. The Capitals have a little bit more money to play with now with the whole Backstrom situation. Um, I know that that is going to factor in when Pacioretty and Joel Edmondson come back, and they're going to eat that some of that up as well. But I still think a trade or something of that nature big is going to have to happen to jumpstart this team because as it stands right now, they've they again they strung together a couple of wins, and that's that's good. But I want great. I want Boston Bruins great. You know, I want, you know, the capitals of, you know, what, uh, 2010 to 2018 good. You know what I'm talking about where they were a force to be reckoned with. When you talked about the capitals, they're like, that's a good team. One of the best, you know, when they won the president's trophy, that kind of thing. That is where I want the capitals to be back to. And they're going to have to do it um, without Backstrom and eventually without some of these other older players as well. I ultimately think they're going to have to do it. Uh, they just can't wait too long. All right, so coming up here after the break, this was the first time that TJ Oshi wore the neck protective gear or any capital player for that matter. We'll talk about how that worked out for him straight ahead. So the fall time is here and winter is coming and sometimes you can get down in the dumps. Uh, it happens to everyone and it's not, it's never too, too late to say that you need help. So that is why you need better help. This is a time of year that can be a lot. It's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it, but adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Thera therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change, something to look forward to to make you feel grounded and to give you the tools to manage everything going on. And again, we've all been through that in life. I've lost a parent, um, both my parents, I've lost grandparents. It is a difficult thing, um, but that is why it's you know important to reach out for help if you ever need help. We live in modern times here where years ago, if you reached out for help, it was seen as a weakness, not now. And uh, you should never sweep your uh, emotional problems under the rug here. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime at no charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash, slash locked on NHL. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on NHL today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on NHL. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. So TJ Oshie's company, Warroad, makes neck protective equipment in light of the player that was killed after a skating accident in a hockey game uh, where he was cut. And uh, it's something that is done in other leagues out there where they have neck protective equipment um, to save lives. And ultimately, if there's things out there that can help you save your life in a hockey situation, you know, and again, I talked about this a couple days ago when I was a kid, it was the 70s and 80s where you didn't even really wear a seatbelt. Um, you know, you drank out of a garden hose, you threw caution to the wind, bike, you know, if you were on a bike, you never wore a helmet. Those were for, for wimps. But nowadays, it's just like we're smarter and we know that, you know, head trauma can happen. We know that, you know, Achilles uh, heel, uh, tendons can get cut with a skate and they made changes for that uh, several years ago. So why would it be any different for protective equipment for your neck, which, as you know, arteries and veins and that kind of thing in there? And ultimately, what can go wrong if those get severed, right? You don't have a lot of time. So TJ Oshie's company, Warroad, uh, they have some of that protective equipment and he wore it tonight. And I got to say, unless someone pointed it out to me, I think I would have noticed, but it's not something, you know, uh, grandiose or that's something that really stands out. It's just something that you can tell he's wearing it. But ultimately, one of the things that he said is I have kids at home. And I'm not just doing it for me. I'm doing it for me, but I have kids and I want to be around there for, for them uh, for the rest of their life or, you know, for as long as I can, I'm possibly on this earth. You know what I'm trying to say? And I think that's good on him. And I think if you're a parent, you understand that. Oshi wore a neck guard for the entirety of the game as he tried out War Road's neck and base layer. He's the first capital player to opt for a neck guard in game following the death of Adam Johnson. Uh, that piece was written in the hockey news there. And uh, again, that, that's good. And I what I saw earlier at practice was... Um, Tom Wilson was also wearing some of that at practice. I didn't think I, he was wearing it in the game, but um, TJ Oshie did, and I haven't heard his feedback on it as of yet, uh, but I, he didn't seem like he was too uncomfortable with it, and I'm sure being that it's you know something from his company, he's probably tried it on before. Oshie on being one of the first NHLers to wear a neck guard were grown men. You can make your own choices. I made my choice for my kids. I want to stick around for them, and I'm just trying to decrease the chance of injury. So like I talked about, um, you know, it's a, not just about you, but as you get older and you have kids, it's about being there for your kids. It's about there being there for yourself. I mean, who wants to die by having their neck severed by uh, a hockey skate? Uh, you know, I definitely would not want that to be the case for me. So you understand why they do it. And, you know, it's one of the things that, you know, if you take a look back on hockey historically, going way, way back, they didn't wear helmets. And some of the first masks that were worn on goalies were pretty rough, where if you've ever looked them up online, like you can see that the hockey, uh, the goalies back then had broken cheekbones and their faces were just a mess because of broken bones and stitches and all that kind of stuff. So what did they do? There was an evolution and hockey helmets, the same thing goes for pads and visors. And, you know, even back in what was it, the 70s or 80s, some of the players weren't even wearing helmets. It was optional. And then, you know, they started wearing helmets and then it was the visors. And I even remember it wasn't that long ago where the visors, the clear visor was optional. And you saw what happened with Carl Hagelin. How much better would he have been if he would have had a more you know, a substantial face covering, kind of like what they wear in college, you know? So um, I think that you should embrace safety at all costs. And I've had already heard from people on YouTube and on Twitter saying, you can't make these people do it. Well, you can't make them. But I mean, if I guess you can, if the NHL mandates it 
And uh, I think that they should look out for the players best that they can. Um, you know, and I guess that's open to interpretation how much you should enforce that. But again, do, do you think that Carl Hagelin would prefer to have all of his vision in his eye? Probably. And, you know, it, even if it was something that he didn't want to do, what if the NHL said you have to wear this kind of mask? I bet you he'd be pretty happy. Of course, he wouldn't have the advantage of knowing that that was ever going to happen to him. But if he did, you know, I think that he would want to have wore the, the full for, uh, shield in front of his face. So, Again, it's it's a kind of an open floor debate how much the NHL should get involved with this. I know that the AHL and the junior leagues, they're talking about some of them have already implemented some of the leagues overseas. At the end of the day, try to be as safe as you possibly can. And I'm here to tell you this. You know, I was young. You know, I hate to sound like the old guy in the room, but I'm 46 years old and I remember being a teenager and there was a time where there was no way in heck that I was going to wear a helmet. There's just no way... I'm a guy. I don't need to wear a helmet. I'm not a wimp. You know, that was the, that was the, the thought process, you know, in the eighties and early nineties there. Uh, but you saw the evolution of, you know, well, kids were and adults were suffering brain injuries because they fell on their bikes, um, stuff like that. And, you know, even in my lifetime, you know, wearing seatbelts because you saw what happened in auto accidents, there is an evolution. And if you want to be one of the people that's sitting in the stone age is going, yeah, I see your improvements and I'm not doing it. I guess to each his own, I guess. I, and I'm not uh, any kind of ruling force in the NHL. I never will be, but I'm just giving you my thoughts on it. If there's something that you could possibly do to help maintain your well-being, your health, your life, maybe you should try doing that. I mean, I think that, you know, that your life is worth it, either to your, you know, depending on how old you are listening to the show, for your parents or for your children or grandchildren or whatever the case may be, your life is important and you should do your level best uh, to protect that. All right, once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, your only daily year-round podcast covering the Washington Capitals. And I want to thank all of you that listen on the audio side and watch it on YouTube, on YouTube, you are what makes this podcast successful. And I have you to thank. Are you a fan of other DC sports? Well, Locked On has got you covered. We have Locked On Nationals, Commanders, Wizards. So no matter what major DC sport it is, Locked On has got you covered. All right. Once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.